Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ today's session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Season 4, Episode 30 on this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us today as we continue with our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials. We are looking in Moses Chapter 7 of the week of January the 24th to January the 30th. And today we're going to continue well from where we left off from yesterday where we had just begun uh, discussing the idea of the city of Zion. Um, we understand uh, the city of Zion was of one heart and one mind and there was no poor among them. Uh, I think it's important to note that just because we are invited to be Zion, that that does not mean that we are all uniform or all the same, but rather we are unified in purpose um, and unified in our vision and goals for ourselves. Of course, you know, our unique individual characteristics are what make us different and special. Um, and we should be praising those things. But in terms of Zion, uh, it is a oneness and equality uh, between each other, uh, supporting one another. When I think of Zion, I think of uh, how we are in, are, are in the temple, where we are dressed uh, the same, where we sit with equal status, where we learn one with another. And no matter who you are when you enter the temple, uh, you all become uh, of one body and one mind, which I think is... Um, a nice way of thinking of it. Uh, but speaking of this, um, Enoch clearly is very um, pleased uh, and happy uh, with the the results of his work, but I'm sure he understands and recognises that it is the Lord's work that he has carried out. But then in verse 20, um, it says, And it came to pass that Enoch taught with the Lord, and he said unto the Lord, Surely Zion will dwell in safety forever. But the Lord said unto Enoch, Zion have I blessed, but the residue of my of the people have I cursed. Now, this is an interesting um, statement by Enoch and an even more interesting response by the Lord. Enoch is basically saying there um, that, you know, oh, this city that has become um, or will become perfect and has become wonderful um, is... Wonderful, they're, they're fantastic. You know, they'll be they'll be dwelling in safety forever. It, it's one. It, look at what's happened here. This is beautiful. Then the Lord responds and says, "Yes, they've been blessed, um, but the rest of the of my people, of my children, um, have been cursed." And when he says the word "curse," perhaps we um, understand this to mean that not necessarily that he has sent down horrific things to them, but he has withheld the blessings that Zion has so blessed, been blessed with, and prospered under. Um, he's left them over to justice because of their action and their agency. Um, so this is obviously what leads it into uh, what um, Enoch then discusses with the Lord over the next coming verses. The Lord then gives Enoch um, a, a vision. And this vision um, will kind of go through this chapter and give him a, a wide vision of all things. Uh, in verse 21, he begins by showing him um, the city that he was talking about, but also the inhabitants of the earth. In verse 21, it says, And it came to pass that the Lord showed unto Enoch all the inhabitants of the earth. And he beheld, and lo, Zion in process of time was taken up into heaven. And the Lord said unto Enoch, Behold, mine abode forever. So he began with referring to what's, what Enoch had said about how indeed um, the city that he was referring to, the the physical city of Zion, uh, was indeed going to be taken up to heaven and they would be um, dwelling in safety forever. Uh, however, notice that it said in process of time. 
Elder Neil A. Maxwell said, quote, God accomplishes things, brothers and sisters, in process of time. This calls for our patience. Moreover, doing things in process of time is often his way of either preserving our agency or in providing us with needed opportunity. In fact, certain experiences over which we might understandably murmur, murmur can be for actually for our good. Thus, you and I may think God is merely marking time when he is actually marking openings for us, openings which are surely sorely needed. Even then, we are so slow to use these op- those openings in order to escape from the familiar cell of selfishness. Close quote. In process of time um, is how the Lord does things. He doesn't do things, um, you know, instantly to our wants and needs. Um, well, rather our wants, I should say. Rather, he does things in his own time and his own way. If there is something that needs to be done at this moment for us, then it will be done. Uh, but if there are other things that we are to learn from, to grow from, to develop ourselves through, uh, then these are allowed to take place. And of course, um, this will obviously um, link in when we speak later in the week about how he is um, disappointed, um, upset, sorrowful even, when uh, his children don't choose um, the, the things which will bless others, but rather will hurt each other. And we'll talk about that in more detail later, but he allows us to do these things because of our agency, because we need to have that agency in order to choose. Um, so that is um, a really important um, point that is made here, uh, as the Lord shows Enoch, this city of Zion, being raised to um, to heaven uh, over process of time. We then continue on, and, and um, Enoch is given a vision of all the nations of the earth. In fact, in verse 23, it says, And after that Zion had, was taken up into heaven, Enoch beheld, and lo, all the nations of the earth were before him. Mm. Um, and so he sees the earth, he sees all the people on it. And then in verse 26, and I'm skipping a few verses here and there just because there's over 60 of them. We won't get through them all this week if we take every single verse. We're going to hit all the, I want to hit all the main themes. So here we then see this moment where he sees Satan. And in verse 26, it says, And he, and he beheld Satan, and he had a great chain in his hand, and it veiled the whole face of the earth with darkness. And he looked up and laughed, and his angels rejoiced. Now, I don't know how you imagine uh, Satan to, to to laugh, as it were. Um, I imagine it is a spiteful, it is a um, wicked, a almost um, gleeful uh, laugh. Uh, not, not joyful, but just, you know... Um, you know, just just a laugh which is at other people's misfortune and um, and misery, basically. And of course, that is what what Satan's aim is now is to like is to make all men miserable, like unto himself, as we read in the Book of Mormon. Um, and I think that um, this, for me, when I first read this, uh, it was on my mission. Um, well, I say first read it. I'd obviously read it before in seminary and things like that, but the first time. I actually took in this story and this experience of Enoch um, is, of course, when um, I read it on my mission. Uh, and I remember reading it and just thinking, gosh, like what imagery this is, like how Satan over the earth has this grip on the world. And indeed he does. Um, we Many people have fallen into his power uh, through 
choice or through misfortune. And I think that for us uh, living on the earth today, it just depicts what, what is going on uh, at this moment in time. And of course, um, this is obviously a state where um, Enoch is would be very disheartened by this. And, uh, and what we'll read tomorrow, of course, he becomes even more disheartened by uh, in the Lord's reaction at first. But then he understands uh, why the Lord weeps uh, at all these things and how he can weep. Uh, thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed the study. We'll look at that, um, that what we understand about the Lord as he does weep uh, for, for his people on the earth and why that happens tomorrow. Please do join us uh, for that. And uh, we have a daily uh, study episode, so please don't miss it. Uh, about 10 minutes or so each day. Thank you so much for your time and until we meet again.